What is up, party people? Welcome to the official Jack of All Trades podcast. Um, if you are listening, you're a previous listener, you will have noticed that I changed my name. Um, I've been through so much since the last time I posted on here when I was trying to launch the Jack's Anatomy course. Um, so let's just get into it. So my launch failed so to speak in that no one signed up um and that's well first I mean I want to talk about the theme of this podcast is going to be failure but first let me just update you guys with the housekeeping stuff um so yeah the name is of this is now changing to jack of all trades because this podcast is the epitome of me which is just all over the place I am a literal jack of all trades my name is jack and I have many interests and many passions and I think one of my biggest problems in life is that for up until this point I have really tried to put myself into a box and define myself and be you know just a master of one so to speak if we're going with that jack of all trades master of none but better than master of one um so just really embracing my ADHD and how that drives my life and I am just a multi-passionate individual I know a lot of a little bit about a lot of things I've experienced I I know it's so funny because they really you kind of bypass like all of your own achievements in life and sometimes when I talk to people they're just like oh my god like I feel like you've lived like three or four lives like you've already done so many things and I'm like what what do you mean but then I think about it and it's like wow yeah I really have like I've just I have a lot of experiences and just jobs relationships things I've done Anyway, and so just really the whole point of creating this business is, you know, to help to be the most me so that I can then help the most amount of people. Because when I am in alignment with myself, then I am operating at my highest potential, which means then I can really reach and help the most amount of people. So anyway, that's a big long backstory as to how... (laughs) The podcast name has changed to Jack of All Trades. Uh, my website now has actually officially changed to I am now going as JMH Style, jmhstyle.com, which, I mean, depending on how you listen to this podcast, you might have already known that. I don't know. And then if you go to my website, jmhstyle.com, you will see all of the, all of my lovely updates. I mean, the whole website design is better now, but you can see my current offerings and, um, Right now, I have Signature Style 101. Signature Style 101, which is the only way to work with me right now. And it's a one-on-one, one-week container where I will coach you through whatever is going on in your life. Um, I will help you to style your life, so to speak. Uh, It really can be fashion and personal style. Like, that's the main driving thing. But if you're, you know, something else is going on with you, like, I can just custom create a one-week challenge for you that will work for you. And you will leave you will leave as a more authentic you and ready to really create life on your own terms. So yeah, that's the only offering I have right now for people is just week, week long one-on-one coaching driven by Voxer mostly. Um, if you want more info, like I said, go to the website, go to jmhstyle.com. In regards to other programs and offerings, I'm, I have many ideas and many things are brewing. 
the number one thing that's brewing is going to be my Authentically You course, which I'm going to launch. I don't really have a plan for when it's going to launch. Um, I'm still letting it marinate, if you will, and come together. But it's basically going to be just a big course. It's going to be a two-month program, and we're going to do... It'll be the a guide to becoming authentically you and all of the tips and tricks and things that I have learned over the past 30 years that have enabled me to fully become my authentic self, which is me here now doing this podcast and being an entrepreneur, which is so (laughs) off the course of where I thought my life was going, but it's so right and what is meant to be for me so yeah those are the housekeeping things um let's talk about failure and why you should keep failing in life so if you are in any kind of entrepreneurial is that a word entrepreneurial circles business circles highly successful people millionaires, you know, any people who have like obtained significant levels of status, success, riches, whatever you want to call it. um, They will tell you the thing that you hear, I hear over and over and over in my coaching containers that success teaches you nothing and failure is everything. And as a recovering people pleaser, perfectionist, newly discovered ADHD or that's not a word ADHD person neurodivergent person whatever all of these new things that I'm working through or have no I'm I'm still working through all of it but failure is not something that I've ever strived for in my life um so yeah if you are a perfectionist you will resonate with this hard um I was always a straight A student I was always taught to do your best and then you will succeed. I never thought to look at it the opposite way in that, I don't want to say trying to fail, but like allowing yourself the space to just like experiment and try stuff with the knowledge that like, yeah, this will probably not work but at least it will teach me and give me guidance into the direction of what I do want to do and what will actually work because learning things that fail are things that allow you to then redirect and be like oh no wait actually let's try this let's try that let's do this instead because that actually wasn't really what I even wanted to do okay so I have some examples in my life of failures that looking back in retrospect because that's usually the only time that you can see the value in these things were actually giant blessings and um, opportunities for me to really be successful in the way that I was supposed to be at that time. So we're going to go all the way back to college. I wanted to be a vet my whole life. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I love animals. I work really well with animals. That was the main goal. I went to undergrad And I studied animal science. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a veterinarian, right? 
but I was also a child. Like, honestly, we could do a whole separate side cast on how side podcast on how ridiculous it is that we have a whole education system set up in this country based off of people choosing life career paths when they are 18 years old. It blows my fucking mind. Like, you don't know anything about yourself when you're 18. Or maybe you do, but that's pretty rare. <laughs> anyway, I was a child when I was applying for vet school. I was 22 years old, very minimal life experience, minimal work experience. Like, I had worked at, you know, my restaurant job that I worked at off and on for nine years all throughout college and high school. But just basic, I just, I was a baby. That's the best way to put it. I was a baby. And um, I applied to vet school. But I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't really think I could get in. And I didn't really think I had what it takes. And I didn't really want to do that. That's the ultimate bottom line is that that wasn't actually what I wanted to do. I just didn't even know that at the time, right? And so with all that mismatched, chaotic, crazy energy, and, you know, I was only, I'd had no, no spiritual awakening in that, awakening at that point. Like I'm operating on pure ego, pure willpower, pure forcing things into existence, pure logic, pure like, well, if I do this, then it'll work, right? Anyway, I don't get into vet school, long story short. Um, so at the time, that felt like a huge failure because it was this thing that I had literally been working towards for four, well, no, for what, fucking 12 years or how the fu- however fuck long you're in school, all of high school, all of college, right? So actively at least working for for the past four years in college, didn't get in. And, you know, up until that point, like I said, I was always a straight A kid. I mean, I didn't get straight A's in college because college is a different level, but I had good grades for the most part, minus my GEs. I definitely did not do as well on the GEs because I just focused on my major classes and my science classes, but um, I had a 2.99 GPA, which is so annoying. Anyway, I got A's in the science classes, which is what I cared about. So yeah, that felt like a huge fucking failure. It felt like a huge, huge failure. But after that, I took a year off, first of all, and I just fucking waited tables. And again, looking back, it's like, that seems like, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, it felt like a failure. It seemed like I was like wasting my life. Like, what am I doing? I don't know. But in actuality, that was like one of the best times of my life because I had no real like worries. I had a very, a perfect ADHD job, even though I didn't even know that at the time either. Serving tables is like an ADHD dream. I made fast, easy money. I was still living at home, so I didn't really have a lot of financial responsibilities. I was making a lot of money. I paid off like a big amount of my undergrad student loans. Like I was in a really good place but because I thought that I needed to achieve these like degrees and do this stuff and whatever I was like well this isn't enough like I'm not doing enough like this isn't good enough right so I took a year off chilled waiting tables whatever um then I decided okay well you know I'm so smart I should do I should do more like I know I'm capable of more and (laughs) Again, mind you, this is without knowing about ADHD or any of these other things, which have been so, so helpful, which if I had known, whatever, I was meant to walk this really hard struggle path to get to where I am now. Anyway, because of that failure of not getting into vet school, then that is how I figured out that I wanted to do 
surgery tech, become a scrub tech, okay? So, and I also looked into PA, like being a pathologist assistant, which is what I work as now at that time. But that was like a big grad school program. And I was like, no, like I'm not prepared for that. Like that's too much. I'm too burnt out from college. Again, not knowing about ADHD. Um, <laughs> go to surgery tech school for a year. Become a scrub tech. Love it. Great. Work as a scrub tech for three years. Okay. Love it. I worked in as a scrub tech with animals and with people. I had, uh, God, this was like, I was still young. So at one point I was working seven days a week. I had two jobs. I think at one point I even had three jobs. I don't know. It was a lot. And so again, I'm like, wow, this is like so much. I'm working too much. I need to find something better. I need to find a way to make more money. Um, and then also with scrub tech, <laughs> I got bored. This is, again, this is only something that I can realize now in retrospect, because I now know that I have ADHD. I've been through enough patterns with myself to be like, hey, this is what happens. Like you get bored of things, right? So I was like, wow, I know I'm capable of more. Okay. So let's try and go to grad school now. Okay. So I was working at one surgery center and a veterinary hospital. And I applied to Loma Linda to go to grad school in September. I did not get in. And right around the time that I was like applying or like potentially going to be going to school, I was being recruited by a surgeon to go work at a different surgery center by myself because they were kind of like revamping the surgery center and they needed someone with um, a lot of experience. They wanted to come in and like, because the, the, the surgery center that they were trying to recruit me to had previously just been a pain specialty place. So they were like just doing epidurals and like very minor procedures. And they were trying to revamp it up to doing like orthopedic procedures and like having a lot more surgeons in there. So the surgeon that I worked with that I liked, he was like, hey, we're going to do this at this surgery center. Like, I think you'd be really good at it. Why don't you try that? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I might be going to grad school. And so then I didn't get into grad school. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, here's this other opportunity that life seems to be pushing me in, which again, not getting into grad school feels like a failure. I called them and I was like, why didn't I get in? They were like, oh, your GPA wasn't good enough. And I was like, oh my God, goddamn 2.99. So I say, okay, fine. Well, I'll move in this other direction. And I went to go work at the new surgery center, right? Where I was going to have a lot more responsibilities. Like I was kind of not kind of, I was running my own show. I was in charge of everything. I was in charge of all the instruments. I was in charge of all the supply. I was supply manager, which I had never, ever done before. That was all brand new. So I had to learn how to do all of that. I had to learn how to manage the surgery schedule and get in contact with all the reps because a lot of the cases that we did were orthopedic, like I said. So we needed reps to come in and bring us their trays because if we were going to put in implants or whatnot, so I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn, God, I learned so many things from that job. I got so much experience that I didn't even know that I needed at the time. Okay. So again, not getting into grad school seems like a failure, but in actuality, it was perfect because instead of going and doing that, I went and worked at this surgery center where I gained all of this like really important, like leadership managerial skills. Okay. And so, like I said, I did call school, the grad school and I was like, Hey, why why didn't you take me like I'm just you know I'm just curious I'm looking for 
for feedback. Like, what could I have done different? Was it the interview? Like, what was it? What was going on? And they basically said that, you know, they have this point system where they take your GPA and then they add in, like, however you score in the interview and this and that and whatever, and they come up with some points. And then whoever's, like, you know, has more than 100 points get in and less, whatever. I don't fucking know. Basically, my GPA was too, was not good enough. And I said, okay, cool. So, what did I do? I, again, this is coming from a place of ego, will, force, all of this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking go to this goddamn school. So, I took some community college online classes to boost up my GPA. And then I applied again the following year. And I interviewed again. And then they accepted me. And I got into Loma Linda. So then go down that whole path, go to PA school for two years, which was a nightmare in and of itself. And I really do think the universe was like trying to help save me from that whole nightmare, but I refused to listen. And not that it was a bad thing. Like I got a great education. I have a great job now. And I learned so much about anatomy and the body, which is now what I actually want to teach people and put out into the world in part of my classes and stuff that I'm offering. But it was... To say it was a struggle is an understatement. I, grad school was so stressful and so hard and so just a dark, dark, dark time in my life. Um, I've talked about it, I think, before on here. I was iron deficient anemic because of the vegan diet that I was on because I put myself on it. But so that definitely made everything harder. But regardless of that, like grad school was just so hard and so stressful and then COVID happened. Like, it just, it was chaos. But I made it through. I survived. I got my master's, okay? And actually, you know what? Looking back, getting my master's needed to happen because I got my master's. And then I was like, now what? This isn't what I thought I wanted. <laughs> Which has then now put me on this whole awakening spiritual journey of being an entrepreneur. Okay, so again, a perceived failure has led to success. Um, another example of a failure in my life is actually when I was looking for a job as a PA out of grad school, right? So I was finishing school in September. Yeah, September of 2021. And... It was August of 2021, and I still didn't have a job yet, okay? And, like, almost everyone else in my class had a job at this point, and I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to get a job. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it was because I was looking for jobs in Southern California because I wanted to just stay close to home or possibly just stay at home and commute or whatever. I was looking for a job in SoCal, though, basically, Okay. And then actually, this actually really ties into my North Node in Capricorn, South Node in Cancer. But we can talk about that in a different episode. Um, so I applied for this job in Ventura, which is like 30, 45 minutes from my house. And it was going to be perfect. It was like a small community job. I was going to be the only PA. I was going to be running my own show. Um, basically like what I'd been doing up until this point, working at like smaller community hospitals closer to home, like making a safer choice because at any point in any of these like big, huge 
all the things I've talked about, like my choice in college, my choice in grad school, like I've always chosen the quote unquote safer choice, the choice that's closer to home. Okay. Because of my South Node in Cancer and that Cancer is all about like home and family and all of that stuff. And South Node in your life is well, all of your all of your past life characteristics, like all of the things in your life that you've already mastered and you actually need to let go of in this life and overcome. And then North Node are the things in your life that you need to develop and things that you need to work on, which for me is Capricorn, which is like being the big boss, being in charge, being, um, yeah, big boss in charge. Okay. Anyway, so wanted to work in Ventura. Got so close. They called me, I had an in-person interview and they really liked me and it was between me and some other person who had like 10 years of experience okay I was certain they were gonna pick me they did not pick me they I remember I was working at my last clinical site it was a Friday and they emailed me and they were like we're so sorry like you know we really appreciate you and your all the interview and everything but we're actually going to go with the other person. And I was devastated. I was like, I couldn't keep it together. I was sobbing. I had to take a break. I went to try and keep working, keep working and keep grossing. And I just, I couldn't, I went to take a break and I ran into one of the pathologists and he was like, are you okay? You know, you, uh, you don't really seem like you're, you're doing too great. And I was like, and I told him what was going on and he was like, you know what? why don't you just uh, take the rest of the day off? Because <laughs> I just lost it. I just started sobbing in front of him. And um, I was devastated, completely devastated. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. And so, again, perceived failure. Okay? Can't find a job. Doesn't know what I'm going to do. So, then, a couple, maybe like a week or two later, my friend a PA mentor messaged me and she said, Hey, you know, you should apply to MSK. And I was like, what's MSK? And she was like, Oh my God, you should, you should know what MSK is. Like it's Memorial Sloan Kettering. It's the biggest, like one of the biggest cancer institutes in the whole country. <laughs> like if you're a PA, it's a really good place to work. It's basically like in the PA world saying that you've worked at MSK is like being a lawyer and being like, yeah, I went to Harvard law school. Like it's that level. Okay. And they were like, yeah, they have an opening it's in New York City, apply. And I was like, what the fuck? No, like, I don't want to go to New York. That's dumb. But then I was just like, you know what? Sure. What the fuck? Why not? Let's just apply and see what happens. Okay. I apply. Then they messaged me and they were like, hey, yeah, we want to interview you. And I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> and so I interview. And then within like two hours, like I Zoom interviewed, because this was still like kind of COVID times. Um, Within two hours. And yet this is now, I think after I had graduated. Yeah, I think I had already graduated. And this was like, I was still waiting to take my test, my board's test. But I was interviewing. Um. Anyway, I interviewed with them. And yeah, within two hours, they were like, okay, yeah, we want to hire you. Um, come, come in October. And I was like, wait, what? No stop it. What? And <laughs> I initially said, hell no. Like, there's no way. I don't want to move to New York City. I don't want to go to the East Coast. The whole reason that I went to Loma Linda, which is a private school, 
was because it's the only PA school on the West Coast. Like, I didn't want to go to the East Coast. And I had the same problem when I... I had the same thing when I applied to colleges. I didn't apply to any East Coast colleges because I was like, I don't want to go to the East Coast. I don't want to go there, right? Yeah. So I got offered this job and I'm like, no, no, I'm not taking that job. I'm not going to New York City. Like, that's way too big. That's way too much. I don't know. But then there was like this little part of me that was like, well, wait a second. Like... You have this like secret burning desire to branch out and go somewhere big and do something different. And yet you constantly choose these like safer, easier choices. Like maybe this is an opportunity to go out and do the big thing. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't make the decision right away. Like I knew that I needed to let it sit and really, 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 really think about it. Cause it was just like a very, very big life decision, obviously. Okay. So I talked to my boyfriend because it was going to affect him too. Cause I was like, Hey, like, are you willing to move? Like, do you want to do that? And he was like, I'm supporting you, whatever I'm down for whatever. And I said, okay, thank you. Appreciate all of that. Um, still don't really know what to do. <laughs> um, I talked to a lot of people. My mom didn't want me to go obviously cause she wanted me to stay close to home. All my PA friends were like, you're fucking stupid. You can't turn that job down. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm in New York city now, so obviously we know how the story ends. I took the job. I went and yeah, I moved across the country to a place I had never been. I'd never been to New York city before. Um, I don't know if you guys have lived in New York or you've lived in LA, but they are very, very different in every single regard. The weather, the energy, city, getting around. I didn't bring my car. I had to use public transportation exclusively and also for the first time ever. Um, it was so much to get used to moving here. I, I definitely struggled. It was not easy. I will not tell you that it was easy because it was not easy, but it was also the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. It pushed me so far out of my fucking comfort zone. It made me reevaluate every single thing I ever thought I knew about myself. Um, yeah. And again, that all came from me not getting that Ventura job, which was a perceived failure at the time. And you know what the funniest thing is, is that when I got here, I moved, I had negotiated uh, starting at a later date because I was like, you guys want me to move across the country in two weeks? Like, you guys are insane. So I started in November and um, we moved here. We've, we took a red eye on October 31st on Halloween we took a red eye to move here we moved here with literally like just suitcases and then we had all of our stuff with movers which was oh my god a whole nightmare if you are ever going to move across the country do not use a moving company like Jesus Christ do it yourself or do like one of those pods things or something I don't know moving companies are a fucking nightmare dude it was the worst we didn't get our stuff for like over a month it was it was it was hard it was a whole thing but anyway we moved here on November 1st and I remember, I think, my first day of work, which was November 8th. Also, if you're going to move across the country, give yourself more than one week to set up your life before you start working. Other good general advice, maybe give yourself two weeks. Um, <laughs> anyway, I remember, I think it was my first day, November 8th. Um, the pathologist from Ventura 
the actual like the head pathologist she called me and she was like hey um are you still available like we really need we really need someone like the girl that we we hired she didn't show up she's not working like it's not working out we need we want you to come and work here and I was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) oh my god it was like the most it was literally just the final the final push of the universe being like are you fucking sure that you're ready to go down this wildly different path and fulfill your North Node and Capricorn big boss bitch destiny? Okay. And I was just like, cause like at that point we didn't have our stuff. We very easily could have just gone back. Right. And I was like, no, like I can't, I already moved to New York city. I already took a job in New York and they were like, are you sure? Like we really would like you to come. And I was like, nope. It's too late. I already started working. I already moved here. I signed a lease. Like, no. And, um, yeah. So that was another huge, I mean, it was not a huge, no, yeah. At the time it felt like a huge failure that turned into being a huge success. Um, what's another one? Oh, duh. Business. Let's talk about some entrepreneurial failures. So, as you know, my first launch, my first thing for my first course failed, right? No one signed up. And again, that at the time I was upset, but then I was like, you know what? Was that even what I wanted to do? No, it wasn't. And that's why it didn't work because I had like messy, chaotic, weird energy about it, right? It was what I thought I had to do. It was the only thing I thought I was qualified to teach people. Um, I wasn't confident enough yet to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm your guide for your personal life. Like I have all of this life experience and this is actually what I'm really good at, right? So, and yeah, dude, looking back, like, again, that was only a couple of weeks ago and I've made so much progress and so much more, have so much more clarity about my vision and what I want to do and who I'm here to serve and just my website, just everything. This podcast, the Jack of all trades podcast, like I fucking love that. I fucking love that title. It's so much better. Um, and that all came from like that launch failing. Okay. So that's what, that's what, that's what people mean when they say that success teaches you nothing. Cause it really doesn't, it doesn't teach you jack shit. It just teaches you that like, yeah, that one thing worked, but it doesn't give you any clarity and any perspective and any like chance to like really deep, have some deep insight into being like, well, what do I actually want to bring to this world, to this existence? So yeah, keep on failing, you guys. And when you look at life with this perspective, instead of like forcing everything to be perfect the first time around, when you look at it with this like open embracing of just who you are and like there's this internal knowing that like whatever you do, you will be successful, but you also know that you are going to mess up along the way and you are going to fail and you are going to have detours and but it, I mean, that's the whole thing, man. It's not about the destiny. This is so 
fucking cliche, but it's not about the destination. It's a, or it's not about the, no, yeah, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? So keep on failing. All of you perfectionists, stop trying to be so perfect. Just try stuff. Action creates clarity. It's so true. And when you're just so wrapped up in your head and everything being successful and everything being perfect, you're completely immobilized and you're not doing anything. And that's actually worse than doing something and failing. Because at least if you do something and you fail, then you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. I'll try something else. But if you're just obsessing over doing everything perfect and you're not doing anything, then you're not doing anything. So yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Rate, review. I also am offering a new thing where if you rate and leave a review of this podcast and you take a screenshot and you DM it to me on either TikTok or Instagram, which my handle is at jmhstyle143, um, I will do a free one-hour coaching session session with you. So get in those DMs and I will talk to you guys soon.